Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Hello, 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 everyone. So this episode is going to be called the Glow Check-In. And the idea behind it really is to just give you guys a little backstage pass on all the things and lessons and, you know, kind of obstacles and just like things I've been through this year, things I've learned, things I'm reflecting on. I wanted to kind of be able to just sit down and chat with you guys as Elizabeth because I spend so much time on the podcast chatting with other people, sharing their glow stories and their experiences and their ability, you know, to glow through what they go through and all that jazz, right? So this episode I actually originally recorded probably, I want to say like a week and a half ago, and I had some audio issues at the beginning, so I'm sitting here at 11.15 p.m. re-recording this, and let's just hope it goes out with a hitch, right? (laughs) I really wanted to talk about how in so many ways this season, which was 2020, like really I feel like was everything we never knew we needed, right? It just was kind of like, it was the storm, but then it was the calm before the storm, it was the the calm after the storm, like there are so many elements of people's lives that have been changed in this season but i think this is this is demonstrated to us that a lot of us we we realized that we've never we've never not been able to have control of everything in our lives right so this pandemic you know allowing us to you know mandatory shut down everyone stay home you're working from home you're doing this you can't go here you can't travel you can't cross this off your bucket list like you can't you're not allowed to do it This is the first time for a lot of us that we don't have absolute control and it's been crazy. It's been creepy. It's been uncomfortable. It's been, it feels us very, um, tied up and, and battling with that, that power struggle, right? Because a lot of us, we never had in a really long time, you know, that lack of control like you know think of us living our lives as I'm in the driver's seat and I make pit stops as I I see fit so it's just been you know kind of taking the passenger seat of our lives and kind of seeing where it takes us um I for one have been so grateful to have been home because I get to spend all this time with my son and I mean you know from March until now which is the end of the year like I can't believe all the time I miss out being his mom because I have to take him to school and I go to work and then I pick him up in the evening you know so I'm really really grateful for the break in the the typical routines and I think that a lot of people in some ways are grateful for that and I know that um this season and this year has brought a lot of sorrow heartbreak challenges um you know I'm not in any way saying that you know, every single aspect of what this year brought to everyone. Obviously, every circumstance is different, but 
every circumstance of what has been brought has been everything we needed, but sometimes we need to go through really dark times to see the brighter times. So if you're listening to this and you've really just had one god dang shitty year, just know my thoughts are with you and just know there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always sunshine after the rain. But yeah, so let's kind of like dive in to what are some lessons I've taken away from this year. Hold on, I'm sipping my 19 Crimes, my 19 Crimes red wine, that's my jam. So I'm gonna take a quick sip and let's jump right in. Oh, delicious, love me some wine. So, you know, quite literally, like, life has told me to slow and sit the fuck down, right? And... <laughs> It has allowed me to also find joy in the simple things. Like I can't tell y'all how much I love a pair of sweatpants now. And that also comes along with the fact that I have gained so much weight in this quarantine, just loving food and loving comforting things that make me feel so warm and fuzzy and tingly inside, right? Like uh, espresso martinis and coquito for all my um, Latinos that drink coquito during the holidays. <laughs> I started on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, and just like baking cookies and baking brownies and things that make my son happy and obviously me happy. Like I love me some brownies. Um, so I, I, I will be honest, guys, put on a lot of weight and it's to the point where like if I, if I had and was required to head back into the office, like I don't think I have anything that fits me quite honestly. Um, and it's just taught me to kind of find functional space in my home. Cause like I said, I'm co-working with, you know, my, my boyfriend always says, you know, I'm his favorite co-worker. So co-working with my partner and just trying at the end of the day, like we have to get our jobs done, you know, and practicing gratitude. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, this sucks. We can't, you know, we can't take a trip this year and all these things, but think of all the things that we're grateful for, um, big and small. It's been really awesome. Um, to just reflect on that, to understand that it could always be worse. You know, some things will make us feel discouraged and like we're shot down and like we're hopeless, but you know, there's, it could always be worse. Um, so really practicing gratitude in the moment, in the week, you know, I try, even though, we spend all day staring at each other and we have a gist of how our days went. You know, I always turn around to Raymond and I'm like, how was your day? You know, like we rate our days and, you know, at the end of the day, it's just practicing, you know, being grateful for things that someone else would kill for. Right. Um, and this, this circles back into my job. I have spent, let me take a sip of wine for this real quick, right quick. Right. So right now, obviously due to the pandemic, a lot of people got laid off. A lot of people got laid off and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, expressing their gratitude for their jobs or I know some people, you know, they're grateful to be laid off because life is so busy and, you know, we just spend all of our lives slaving and working for other people and, you know, on the clock, off the clock, on the clock, clock in, clock out, you know, so it has allowed some people to slow down in a very gracious and peaceful way where they feel like peace has been, has been recommitted in their life. Right. But let me tell you a little bit about 2020 and my job, my employment. Right. So basically literally from the beginning, from January, 2020 till very, very recently, I want when was it like September, October, September, October of this year, 
it is now December. <laughs> I have spent so much energy on and off trying to leave this place. I don't know if any one of you guys ever grew up watching Arthur on like PBS Kids, but there's this episode, right? Where Arthur, he wears glasses and he's getting like teased and he doesn't want to wear the glasses anymore. And this boy is trying to get rid of his glasses like any possible way. He's throwing them out the window. He's intentionally leaving them places. Like he wants nothing to do with the glasses, but guess what? The glasses still keep coming back to him. Like they find a way. They're like, you're not getting rid of me. And that's very much what it's felt like with this job, right? So January, February, I was very aggressively job hunting, interviewing. Um, and I actually entered the year with a lot of like health complications. Um, in November of 2019, I had suffered from a pulmonary embolism, which is blood clots in your lungs. It's scary. It was scary because like I got to the point where like I fainted in the middle of a gym class. Um, you know, and it could have literally been something that took my life if I didn't act on it and follow the signs of my body. So that happened November 2019. So I really navigated into the new year. I was working from home. I had a lot of follow-up appointments, a lot of, you know, taking a look at my lungs, my heart, because the, the blood clots I had were pretty developed. They were about quarter, the size of a quarter. I had two of them. And while I was in that predicament, I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time to just kind of start fresh. Let's find a new job. So I'm aggressively job hunting, interviewing. I did an interview with a company. I did a three hour interview with them. Like I was invested. By the end of February, early March, I was done interviewing and I was basically a finalist in so many of these positions. You know, I was definitely moving on round after round after round oh you know getting good feedback and ultimately I did not get any offers and it got to the point where I was like you know what I can't keep job hunting effectively because I have no more paid time off to go and perform these interviews like I'm I'm officially out because like I said I had been out of work for health reasons so I had cleared the slate I had no more time that I could use so it got to the point where it was literally the week before COVID really like came and slapped us in the face. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit my job and I will use, I have my savings. I am going to save every penny I have and use the next month or two to aggressively job hunt. Because if I have the ability to become a finalist for, you know, one or two jobs and just get so, so close, I know I can land something within the next two months if I can completely and wholeheartedly dedicate myself to job hunting. And lo and behold, I was gonna quit like that Thursday. By Tuesday, COVID came through and they were like, everyone stay at home orders, you're working from home. And that was kind of the first nudge where God was was like, Elizabeth, sit the fuck down. Sit, sit down, girl. And so, you know, officially when COVID came through, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like, I really, let me just lay low and see what's good because in, in March, it was just so much unanswered questions, right? And you're like, oh my God, this, is, this will be over shortly. Like, let me not worry. So basically, you know, I kind of got comfortable again. I was like, okay, well, let me chill here for a hot second. And then in the summer again, I started growing impatient again. And I was like, I need to find a job. I need to find something. I don't even care. I'll go work at Sephora. I'll go work at Target. Like I have a salary job with benefits at a university. And here I am like just desperate to leave. I just wanted to leave because I was so miserable. 
I was so unhappy every day logging in, like even though I was working from home and I had the ability to be in my jammies and my Crocs all day, I still felt miserable. I still had the Sunday scaries. On Sundays, I'd be like, dang, tomorrow I have to log on. You know, so I wasn't anymore like, oh, I have to get ready, get dressed and go into the office. It was, I have to log on and feeling that dread. So it was just really sucky for the time being. Thank you. Oh my God. I just got a beverage concierge. Thank you. Mm. You're welcome. Shout out all my glow batteries. We what are we working with here? Okay. We got a little gin. Okay. Mm. A little kombucha. Kombucha. A little bit of tonic. Tonic. Mm. Shout out to Polar. Delicious. All right. Oh, I'm going to put girl. this here. You can take this. I'll, I'll take this. Retire that for the moment. Wow, I lost my train of thought. Okay, it's all right. So it was just a really dreadful. So I ended up on Instagram finding a job posting at this really, really, when I say like everything is Instagram perfect at this location, it was Instagram perfect. Like it was an explosion of pink. And the instant I laid eyes on that place, I was like, you know what? This is not typically a position I'd apply for. But long story short, I drove 35 minutes two or three times to interview. I got the offer and it was like a lot of, you know, when you're dating and it's a lot of red flags and you're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see how it goes. So, you know, at first they're like, okay, like we can start you at this. And then in three months, when we see how you're working, we will give you a pay raise. They never told me that the pay raise would be my asking rate. So, you know, I was really going on faith on that. They um, told me I could start in two weeks, you know, typical um, start time for when you're gonna give your two weeks notice to your employer. Um, you know, all these things, they're like, you know what, we'll make it work, we'll make it work, and I'm doing everything on a leap of faith. This employer had no benefits, this employer was a long commute for me. So, the tell of the tale is that I was gonna be taking a lot of L's, you know, losses to accept this position. And still I was following through, following through, following through. And it came to the day where I was supposed to go sign my contract and do all my onboarding paperwork. And um, the, the short version of this story is that when I departed, I was gonna get there literally like two to three minutes to, you know, our start meeting time. And the instant I pull out of my street onto the main road, there is this bridge with that um, is crossing over a body of water, <laughs> the Charles River for all my Bostonians. Um, I live near Storrow Drive, so the bridge is literally opening. It is opening and now I'm running behind. The GPS said I was gonna get there like two or three minutes later than the original date, the start time. And granted, once I noticed that, I should have probably hit the pedal to the metal and you know tried to beat that ETA. But I'm a grandma driver. Anybody who knows me personally, like I'm a grandma driver. I ain't putting no pedal to the metal. Like I'm not doing that. So the moral of the story is I was late there to my onboarding meeting by like two or three minutes and that left a bad taste in my potential employer's mouth. Ultimately, a lot of things started literally from that moment to dwindle. And ultimately, I did not end up taking the job. I got, you know, I feel like I kind of got the short end of the stick. Like, I don't think she realized that I was making a lot of sacrifices to go work for her for a very low hourly rate, losing my benefits, commuting, working weekends. Like, I was taking so many L's, but because I wanted to work for this company so damn bad, and because I was so desperate to leave my current employer, I was willing to do anything, anything. 
And because I was gonna look so cool and I was gonna work at, you know, a really posh and chic location. And, you know, I was gonna be able to meet, you know, Instagram celebrities and, you know, do all these cool things and just be glamorous and like popping all the time, right? These are all visions I had in my head. And because I see this company really booming and being able to branch out, I don't know, those are, those are fantasies I was making up in my head for this job. Literally the day I was gonna quit, I had a phone call and it just didn't go through. So again, God told me, Elizabeth, sit down. You don't wanna be here right now, but this is where you belong. But I felt so much peace when I was like, yeah, I'm not taking that job because the energy was just so off after that phone call. Um, you know, the girl who hired me, I feel like was being very confrontational and not owning reasons why some things had gone south aside from me being a few minutes tardy after I explained to her that the bridge opened up when I departed my home. There were just a lot of things that weren't adding up and it was just such an eye-opening experience. This location now is shut down due to, you know, COVID exposure and due to, you know, the pandemic just really getting like to a really high risk state again. So had I taken this job, I would have been out of dental insurance, which I have a cavity that I have to pay a hundred dollars to get filled in January I would be out of health insurance I would you know in a time where COVID is at, is at an all-time high I would be working weekends and missing out on time with my son and my partner and my family and I would currently be out of work right now because they are shut down until January where they can reassess so really like I don't know if you guys have ever seen the graphic of Jesus holding a like massive jumbo teddy bear and the little girl is holding her small teddy bear and she goes, but God, I love it. And he goes, but I have something bigger for you. Just trust me. This has literally been the experience for me because I have been so close to the point where I, I wasn't even only a finalist, I literally got an offer. And I was like, this is it, I'm leaving my job. Like I'm moving on to something different because I'm a very, I'm a creative body. And I know that, especially now building my platform as a podcaster and as, as the glow up effect, I, I am bigger than this administrative job that I'm stuck in, right? And it's just been so eye-opening to acknowledge that even when I got a job offer, even when I was gonna press send on a resignation email, like every moment that I didn't, I my brother told me like, God, God opened that bridge for you and made you late to that appointment when you were gonna onboard with them so that you wouldn't even have to get there and see, you know, all sh all the shit falling apart for you. Like you, you didn't even have to live through that because God raised that bridge and made you late. Me being late to my onboarding appointment was literally what triggered, triggered everything, right? Everything just fell apart after that. So really this has been the year of God telling me, sit down, Elizabeth. Like it's not where you wanna be, but we're gonna figure it out. I'm, I, I already know where you're supposed to be, just trust me, right? So it has just been so, so taxing, but at the end now, so literally from October moving forward till present day today, it has just been so enlightening. Like, yeah, I don't love my job, but now I just do it. Like, yeah, this, fu this fucking sucks. I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do it, but 
I'm here, I'm getting paid, I'm not getting paid what I want. I need way more money to be able to clear up so many you know, debts and projects I wanna do and invest in courses and products that help me further my business. But it just, it is what it is, right? This is where God wants me right now. My son is doing remote learning right now. If I was at this location, not ex excluding the fact that they're closed right now, I wasn't gonna be able to support my child in online learning. You know, like it was just gonna be a shit show and I was willing to sacrifice all of that just so I could say I work there so you know sometimes like really shitty things happen to good people and you you have to acknowledge and you have to see beyond the fact that it's shitty right like yeah it does suck to get a job offer and then have shit hit the fan right it just sucks but it's been such a learning experience so that's my story about that like that's it's a, I'm sorry it was long I'm sorry okay um so to wrap up uh, this year has ignited so many new friendships for me through this podcast, through networking online. I have just made so many new friendships and it's been so delightful. So shout out to all my new podcast, blogging, business owner friends. Like it's been delightful and I just can't wait to see where I am this time next year in 2021 in terms of all the new um, friendships and connections I get to make. And uh, I want to really touch on this, that I have been able to heal from old friendships. Basically, I mean, anyone who knows me super duper, like intimately and in my personal life knows that I had a best friend who me and her were literally attached at the hip since I was 11 years old. And um, well into, I want to say like two years now, um, you know, she kind of just ghosted me. She ghosted me and when I, she, she ghosted me and she ghosted my son because she was my son's godmother. Um, you know, when I approached her about it, she was pretty nasty. Um, and not in a way where she was like, literally fuck you, but everything <laughs> in, you know, the rhetoric that she sent me in the text message was very fuck you about it. Right. And after she sent that, um, there was never a follow-up. There was never a, hey, I overreacted. Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I've had time to think about what I said. You, nothing. No acknowledgement of actions as an adult, right? And that hurt in the moment very much. It hurt a little afterwards. Um, I kept telling people, you know, especially when you've been friends for that long, it feels like a breakup. It's literally like a breakup where you would go through with a romantic partner, right? So this best friend I had, we literally broke up and I never got closure. I never understood why why she just decided to like peace out like yeah i say like good luck right <laughs> and then come to find out like you know she really moved on in her life and um you know now you know she has a new partner she has two children and for her to move on into all those phases of her life and never think to be like damn i should apologize to elizabeth because you know i want her to be a part of these things in my life um that was kind of the point where i was like you know what um done mourning this friendship it's over like i really have no interest it was never like i was left yearning for the need to want to be like in her children's lives because at that point i understood that she didn't want anything to do with my life and my child um you know i'm not gonna sit here and like beg to be a part of hers and it was just really it, i'm a very like clean cut person like 
If I didn't do anything to you to physically or emotionally harm you, I'm not gonna sit here and really dwell on it because I know that I did nothing wrong. This year, and she reached out to me, you know, she did apologize. Um, so that's why I really say, you know, while I made a lot of new friendships, you know, I healed because uh, she said sorry. And uh, why it took her two years, I don't know. I feel really bad for her because um, it sucks when people acknowledge that they did something wrong, but it's just like, it's too little too late. So for me, it was like, I have already mourned our friendship. I have already mourned all of this. Had you come to me, you know, even I want to say six or seven months, maybe almost a year after you said those things, when I... Um, approached you about ghosting me maybe the scenario would be different but I don't know why it takes you two full years and two full pregnancies to want to reach out to me like you don't know me anymore I'm not the same person I was two years ago my life has drastically shifted um you know I have a podcast I have a business I have you know my son doesn't know who you are so you know I mean a lot can happen in two years so while I appreciated the uh, the apology it was also kind of like a slap in the face um and I could have done without it right that's how and those are these are my personal feelings everyone's entitled to feel how they want I'm sure a lot of people could possibly have a best friend reach out to them after two years and you know you open them you welcome them with open arms you know but that wasn't the case for me and I I truly like like I said had no interest in being her friend anymore I didn't want to give her the impression that doing things like that is all right you know hurting people in that manner at the end of the day I I don't resent her I just I really have no interest in being around people who have energy like that who have clearly you know um triggers that something obviously um triggered her to you know want to ghost me and it's all right it's okay I know I'm certain that she is a great parent she's a great partner I'm great but you know for the fact it just took so long to swallow your pride to say sorry when someone didn't do anything to you it just didn't sit well with me my mom is super duper Christian and super duper loving like when people describe my mom there's literally sweet like sweet is my mom's middle name right she's just so sweet so darling I told her what happened and she was like Elizabeth that is so wrong when you know people ask you for forgiveness you should you should open them with op welcome them with open arms and I'm like mom but like that'd be lying and that's also not okay right so we grappled a lot with that um I said something straight with her you know I told her you know because you exist my son exists because when I was pregnant with my son she was the only person I told and when I found out she was having children you know I wish I could have been there for her the way she was there for me because when I tell you that literally my son existing in this world is almost wholeheartedly um due to her and her support so I told her you know because you exist my son exists and I can never thank you enough for that you know we have so many good memories like when we talk about like over 11 years of friendship right um we have so many good memories so many good laughs like we were we were really a dynamic duo but things you outgrow people and you outgrow things so I closed that chapter in my life um you know if if we ever happen to somehow spiral into some sort of acquaintance ship <laughs> you know that's cool but I'm I'm really not interested and it was really a learning experience and I know it was a learning experience for her I think it was a big life lesson and she said that herself too. Um, so, you know, like you live and you learn literally. And, you know, I feel like for me, I really stood up for myself. I wasn't going to sit here and just 
let me be her punching bag. Like every time she was upset at something, she was going to shut me out. And then I had me and my son who was supposed to be her godson, you know, who knows her, who, you know, is going to like love and adore her is a stranger to her. Like I felt very, um, like boxed in, in terms of my decision-making, but it is what it is, right? So, um, new friendships and healing from old friendships was a part of my 2020. Um, consistency in my podcast journey has been such a great feeling, you know, during the Black Lives Matter movement, I did take a little bit of a break because I just didn't feel like, um, you know, I had to be releasing content at that time. And, you know, there, there are peaks and valleys to being a content creator. So, while I wasn't, you know, every week releasing, you know, I took a couple of couple weeks off here and there, you know, I have, you know, doubled my ability to release content, right? And I just can't wait to come back bigger and better in 2021. Um, I'm going to be making an episode in the future sometime, maybe in January, February about some things I've learned in my first year of podcasting. So the glow up effect actually turned one in April. So this year in 2020, we celebrated one year uh, as a podcast. I'm really excited to announce that I am starting my trademarking process. So the globe effect, hopefully everything goes as planned. I don't even want to put it out there because I don't want anybody jinxing it. Um, I'm working with my trademark attorney to get the glow up effect trademarked. So all my hard work, all my energy that I put into this brand and this podcast is safe and sound. And as we move forward and keep building on this, you know, it's, it's protected it um and yeah you know I say this every year but I want to lose weight um I want to become obsessed and in love with myself and my self-care right my mom always says enamorate de ti misma and that means fall in love with yourself and I feel like I um am not good at doing that because I'm just completely abandoned and I just I need to tune into I, it it is a privilege to exercise. It is a privilege to eat properly, especially after like my health scare. Like I need to tune into all those things again. Um, So I I mean, I say it every year, but like, I just want to be content, right? Um, I actually started Orange Theory in July. Um, I'm taking a little break right now, but Orange Theory is so great. It gets my cardio. It gets me moving. It gets me motivated. Um, So I love Orange Theory. Shout out to Orange Theory in Kensal Square, Cambridge. Um, And yeah, to wrap this up, I really just want to be able to keep growing the glow up effect. I want, I have a vision to launch some virtual products. Um, So we're talking here uh, coursework. Uh, some online courses. We have some webinars, uh, some ebooks. I have a lot of things churning up in my mind, some workbooks. So really just having these things readily available to you guys, um, you know, for really affordable prices. Uh, I really want to create like this glow empire, right? I like that. I'm gonna have to trademark that too. Glow Empire. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me tell y'all right now, if anybody's looking into trademarking, like it is a lengthy very lengthy it could take up to a year if not longer a lengthy and monetary investment right so it's really intense but it's gonna be so worth it because when you think of all the energy you spend pouring into this like it's crazy oh just take a deep breath take a deep breath let's focus on the good let's end on a high note let's think of you know even just that one thing that sucked about how we can come back better and stronger right 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to shut the fuck up because this episode was so long. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for doing the glow check-in with me. I'll see y'all in season three. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect. 